As soon as he awoke, the prince rushed the clockwork butterfly, left by the witch in her haste, and raced to the side of his princess, following his own lodestone to hers. And when the dawn began to streak across the sky, he realized that the hag had not come to him that night, and indeed would never come again, but he did not question it. He raced on, the lodestone guiding him, until he arrived and came into the driftwood shack and found the princess laying down before him, but he could hardly recognize her. Her hair was short and white and hung in wisps about her face. Her skin was covered in heavy wrinkles and lines of care. She was bowed, hunched in a kindly way, as though under a heavy weight she bore for another. But he knew her by her eyes, which were brilliant gold, brighter than he had ever seen them before. She rose to greet him, eyes full of that light, but she immediately doubled over in aching pains, and he grabbed her by the shoulders to hold her up. But he, too, was careworn and grayed, hunched and weak. Many years had passed since he'd first met the wandering castle on this very beach, and many more had been stolen from him since his time had begun its steady approach to this final and indeed first moment. For just as they knew that this instant, clasped in one another's arms, marked the end of a long saga of searching and fighting, loss and sacrifice, so did it also mark the beginning of a new tale, of joy and reward, as they worked towards new goals together. Much time had passed, they knew. Too much time. She was too old to bear children now. The royal lines of both their houses would soon be severed, but there was time enough to correct the injustices of the past, to set right the debts of his kingdom with the superfluous wealth of hers, and teach the tradesmen of both kingdoms to work toward building a new and brighter future, not rooted in legend or prophecy, but in one another. And there was time enough for all the disparate watchers to meet and exchange their tales and preserve these squandered lives in the pages of their books before their withered generation was lost to history altogether time enough to begin planning for the days they would not see. But she did not want to hear of trade routes and kingdoms, wealth and plans, tales and treatises. She wanted only to speak of marriage, of their days together flying back and forth on the clockwork butterfly from one end of the continent to the other, embraced in love and collaboration, and living together as they ought to have lived years ago. But neither spoke of regrets. They spoke only of the future, and together they spent all the long day dreaming in the driftwood shack, listening to the waves crawl up the shore and watching the sun play across the tarnished mechanical intricacies of the worn clockwork butterfly. Somehow they were happier in that ramshackle pile of wood than ever they had been in all the palaces and castles and cities of the world, dressed in sodden rags instead of bright finery, carrying only their two lodestones as tokens of their wealth. All the prince's taste for novelty had evaporated in his love for her. All the princess's love for change and travel had been given up in her own efforts to regain her beloved. They had fought and won at great cost, but as they looked out to the horizon, they realized they had won more than they ever would have expected. But even as they stood, embraced, Sure now of their happiness, new strength came flowing into their limbs, and the pain and weakness of the princess fell away, and the wrinkles seeped back into their faces, and their eyes regained their color. 
for far off, where the princess had left the castle motionless before the small town where she started her journey, the witch had just turned the key into the tower mechanism, only to discover that, unbeknownst to her, the tower had been designed to preserve not the apparent age, but the true age of its passenger, unaffected by sorcery or misfortune. Indeed, it had been designed for this very purpose, to draw out the true age as a lodestone separates the true metal from the false, by the far-seeing wizard who long yearned to end such sorcerous misuse and gluttony of youth. And so, upon turning the key, the layers of youth fell away from her like so many sodden paper masks, until she was reduced to a tiny pile of dust, blown away in the slight sea breeze until it was utterly dispersed and all the youth she had stolen returned to the many rightful owners across the continent, drawing old women out of their beds with renewed vigor, waking the sorcerously sleeping, and erasing the wrinkles of young men who had unwisely entrusted their fates to her wiles, just as the prince had. And so the princess watched the muscles swell in the prince's strong back, watched his posture rise and his bearing increase until he was a true and kingly man in the flush of life, and she stood, not fragile and porcelain as he'd first found her, but strong and hale, ruddy and clever and lively, and she entwined her fingers together with his, feeling the lodestone at her freckled neck tug slightly out over the sea toward the wandering castle and the lodestone secreted in the high tower, now on the move again to continue its aimless track over the earth. And she gazed at the glittering clockwork butterfly, shining with renewed brilliance, her beloved's first masterwork, and knew that it might not yet be the greatest of their works together, and that they could now truly live happily ever after, or as long as they both should like, whichever came first.